Hello, and welcome to another episode of Military Transition Stories, the podcast where veterans share their experience and advice about transitioning from military to civilian life. I'm your host, Trey Tatro. I'm a realtor and military relocation professional here in Northern Virginia. To hear more episodes, visit militarytransitionstories.com or subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast service. Hello and welcome. Today we have Quincy Harper on, and Quincy has more than two decades of experience in the Air Force and is now working with the USO, helping people with their own transition. Quincy, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Hey, it's my pleasure, Trey. So tell us about, uh, you know, your time in the Air Force. What, what led you to decide to join the Air Force and the military itself? Um, and sort of, you know, the career path that you went down with the Air Force. Okay. Well, um, shortly after graduating from high school, um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do uh, post-graduation. Uh, uh, started college, and I decided to take up a trade and uh, realized that that wasn't appealing to me. Um, also started a job uh, doing uh, hydroblasting in the uh, industrial park there in Beaumont, Texas, and uh, realized after one day that that wasn't appealing to me at all. <laughs> um, okay, so since it took one day, can you tell us a little more exactly what hydroblasting involves? So uh, for those that don't know, hydroblasting uh, in uh, Beaumont, Port Arthur, uh, Texas, uh, because we have a lot of refineries, um, typically uh, when the boilers or the underground pressure builds up, and those boilers uh, uh, basically stops up. You're the person uh, or the company that you work for uh, in the hydroblasting industry. Um, you go out and you unclog those drains. Um, that morning I went in. Uh, it was a fairly easy job, and we unclogged the drain at a refinery. Uh, they asked if I wanted to be on call. Uh, so during the 90s, you know, for a young kid out of high school making $15 an hour, uh, right. plus time and a half, that was very attractive. Well, they called me back in that night and they put me up on a 350 foot scaffold to unclog a boiler. And that's when I knew that wasn't the industry for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't blame me on that one. <laughs> so, um, from there, uh, I joined the army, um, and, about two, two days prior to me leaving for basic training, uh, I jumped a fence and broke my ankle. Um, healed for about six weeks. A friend of mine's dad, who had just retired after 26 years in the Air Force, came home and the light bulb just kind of uh, clicked. And I knew the Air Force was for me based on having a conversation with him. <laughs> um, so I, you know, resigned from the, Air, from the Army and uh, joined the Air Force, you know, 25 years later. Um, it was a blessing uh, and a godsend breaking my ankle. Um, so throughout the Air Force, I was able to do uh, logistics for 16 years. Uh, so basically supply, um, ordering parts, delivering parts, and storing parts. Um, I was retrained after I made E7, Master Sergeant. <clears throat> and uh, I was retrained to the chaplain assistant career field. Uh, I did that for about a year and a half, and my passion was really helping people. Uh, and I always wanted to be a first sergeant. So uh, for the next five and a half, almost six years, I was a first sergeant. Uh, and then I ended up uh, retiring 
as a functional manager uh, for the chaplain assistant career field back in 2016. That's a, that's a pretty extensive career. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fun. Very fun. So out of those roles, what would you say is probably your favorite? Uh, you know, which one did you enjoy the most during your, or even not necessarily the role, but perhaps station? Just what was your overall best experience? Uh, Cause that's, you know, that's quite a bit of time in the air force. Yeah, Trey. Um, my best role, I would say, is probably was probably in uh, being a first sergeant because that shaped me, it molded me, but it also uh, taught me a lot about who I was uh, and what I had to offer uh, the world, the military, and my family, if you will. Um, I got a chance to, you know, go to the hospital to uh, deliver a baby or, you know, be a part of a baby being delivered. Uh, you know, go and pick someone up from. Uh, a psyche valve in the middle of the night at the hospital to go into uh, uh, pick someone up from uh, the law enforcement desk or jail and then going to church and then doing it all over again the next day. So uh, <laughs> it was really, uh, really tasking, uh, but it taught me a lot about life, about people uh, and just, you know, my overall experience and time in the, uh, in the military. Yeah. So, uh, so, what did you do? Tell us a little bit about what you did, you know, after uh, the military. What was your first, let's, I guess let's call it your first role outside of military life afterwards? Okay. Okay. That's a good, good question and a good point to start at. Um, when I decided to retire, you know, I talked to my wife about it. Um, I had a good chance at making uh, chief or E9, um, but I think God was tugging at my heart, telling me it was time to go and do something else. Um, at the time, we were in Colorado Springs. Uh, we had been there maybe five or six months. And my wife and I sat down and I said, hey, you know, uh, I think it's time to retire. Um, we, we've always been fond of San Antonio after being stationed here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her and the kids, uh, about a month later, uh, packed up the uh, SUV and they moved to San Antonio. Uh, we got them settled. Um, so this was about May or June of uh, 2015. Um, I closed things out with the Air Force. And in November um, of 15, uh, I started my terminal leave and I actually uh, came back to San Antonio. Uh, I decided to take, you know, about a month off. Uh, so probably went to every coffee house every breakfast taco house <laughs> running trail for 30 days my wife um you know she moved the kids uh here of course and um my very first interview um came about due to you know my resume having extensive experience with uh, people resources and facilities um so i was able to uh leverage my military time uh to get a job working in the hoa uh, uh community management world um for um, about 10 months, um, and I realized that I hadn't fully transitioned uh, from the military. Uh, so I started that job in December of 2015, and I did it up until about September of um, 2016. Uh, stayed in contact with my, uh, my Goodwill veteran rep, Jennifer, um, who told me about this uh, unique program called the USO. Pathfinder program, or, or formerly RP6 at the time, 
Um, and they had this whole movement with networking and these power luncheons to where you get to meet industry folks uh, to, to really get a glimpse of or a peek under the tent to kind of see what it's like uh, being a civilian or working for a civilian company. Um, so I knew this was kind of for me uh, because I lacked uh, my weakness at the time was my network. Um, and, you, all, you, you know, oftentimes you'll hear your network is your network, right? Right. It's the people that it's the people that you surround yourself with. Uh, those are where the opportunities are going to come from, Trey. Um, met with the USO Pathfinder Scout um, at the time. It was Bradley Albritton, um, and just in our conversations, he was able to pick apart that I would be good at helping people transition, right? Because I had a story. Um, I had been a first sergeant, so I wasn't afraid, uh, and I could come out of my, you know, my introvert. And be an extrovert, I knew how to turn it on and turn it off. Um, and, you know, I started volunteering with those guys. Um, and lo and behold, it just kind of led into a, a position, a pay position on staff. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think I'm kind of the same way uh, as you in the sense there where most of the time, I and I don't know for most of the time with you, but most of the time I'm definitely an introvert. But when I need to be, I you know, can flip it like a switch on and off, fortunately. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. So when you say uh, that you hadn't fully transitioned out of the military, you know, you realized you hadn't fully transitioned out yet. Does that mean uh, like on paper you hadn't or mentally you hadn't? Um, mentally I hadn't. Um, you know, for me, what I've learned over the last uh, two years uh, going through the Pathfinder program and probably sitting and mentoring and speaking with hundreds of folks who are transitioning out was that you, there's a few things that you have to learn. You have to learn to embrace the change that you're about to go on, uh, transitioning out of the military. Uh, you have to decide what, uh, what industry, right. You want to work in. Do you want to be in, you know, manufacturing? Do you want to work with people? Do you want to work with, uh, processes or do you want to work with things? Um, you have to find industry folks in that chosen career field to kind of connect with them and allow them to mentor you. Um, as well as uh, you have to build your professional brand, right? Who are you? Um, you look like to the civilian market. What's what's appealing? And I think you hit it uh, earlier when you said, you know, as an introvert, um, I can sit back in the room all day and my cup is filled. But can I turn on? the part of me that's an extrovert to go out there and build those relationships that I need to build. So do you have any, any advice for someone who, you know, maybe they aren't, uh, you know, maybe they don't like to have that extra extrovert side. Do you have some pointers to them as to how they can kind of, uh, you know, put that away or put that to the side for a minute and uh, just flip it on during a networking event or something to get out there and, you know, meet the people who do ultimately help you, you know, like you said, network equals net worth. So. Yeah. Um, you know, my advice for folks who are in that boat and who realize that about themselves is the first thing you have to do is understand who you are, understand what your value and what you bring to the table. And then you have to go out there and start building your, again, your professional brand. You have to build, uh, your network. Um, so I would say, I would suggest, um, programs like the USO Pathfinder program, right? They do networking luncheons once a month with 
you know, 10 to 15 different major companies. Uh, when you're in those environments with those uh, community partners and influencers, you have to really uh, be strategic about who you want to meet, who you want to connect with and build a relationship because you can't go in there just saying, hey, you know, hey, Trey, I heard you work for, you know, company X and can you give me a job? <laughs> right. right? <laughs> you got to tell me to kick rocks. I don't even know you. I'm not going to put my stamp on you. But it's, hey, Trey, I, uh, I understand that you work for company X. Um, tell me what you do. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, and then find different little ways to assert yourself into the conversation or assert that you're looking, right? Um, Trey, you know, can I buy you a cup of coffee? Hey, Trey, I heard that your kids play, you know, softball. You know, so does my kid. You know, so find those little common denominators to break down some of those barriers. But you have to be willing to flip the switch as an introvert uh, to get into your extrovert side. Yeah, you're right. And I, I think that that one-on-one can be a little easier to take on at first. And, uh, you know, I think for the most part, pretty much everyone's willing to sit down and have a cup of coffee. Um, you know, as long as you're clear as to what your intentions are, even if that's just that you have questions and, you know, you want to learn more about what they do in the industry. Uh, yeah. it, you know, it's good to let people know that because otherwise if, if you don't, then they could think, okay, there's some sort of hidden agenda to this. Like, what do they want? And then they get a little, you know, confused as to why you're requesting the meeting. Yeah. That's a great point. So, uh, what, what sort of things do you recommend uh, in terms of, uh, you know, are there like certain uh, events or, I mean, I know that there's the USO Pathfinder and uh, what's the, uh, you know, how can people go about sort of learning more about that, uh, you know, finding, uh, I guess, how does that work? Is it like they find uh, sort of like a branch near them or a group near them or uh, let's talk a little more about the Pathfinder program. Okay. So um, if you want to get enrolled with the USO Pathfinder, you can go to uso.org or USO uh, Pathfinder program.org. Um, and basically there's 14 uh, different sites across uh, the, the U.S. Um, and what will happen is once you register and put some of your, uh, your, you know, your demographics in there or your information in there, your personal information, um, it'll ask you, you know, what site do you want to register with? So, you know, you're here in the local San Antonio area. Of course, you're going to click um, San Antonio. And within uh, 24 hours, uh, once you register, uh, one of the USO Pathfinder Scouts will reach out to you um, and try to set up an interview so that they can get to know you uh, and learn a little bit more about you and point you in the right direction. Um, so uh, that's just one organization, though. You have Military Transition Network here, this local San Antonio. You have um, Centurion uh, Military Alliance, or CMA. Um, and, you know, most recently, um, Ray and Sam Domingo, Chuck Bunch, and myself, um, we're trying to start a LinkedIn Mill City uh, meetup to where we're taking a bunch of folks out to Alamo Beer Company, and we're just going to, you know, have a low-threat, mentoring session, talk about LinkedIn, talk about your resume and help you build some of those professional networks, if you will. Right. Cool. Um, so in addition to the pathfinders, you know, and 
Uh, obviously, there's the option of LinkedIn, uh, which is you know great for networking, finding people in particular industries, uh, you know, reaching out to them. Uh, and when you do reach out to somebody that you don't know, always send you know, always check the option of you know sending a customized message with it because then you can say you know why it is that you're reaching out and. I think you're more likely to get a response that way. But uh, in addition to those, what are some, you know, networking uh, sort of things that you recommend for people, uh, you know, to get out there and to learn more about particular uh, industries or even particular roles? Well, the first thing um, that I tell people is to, once you define who you are and what you want to do, um, what your calling or what your mission is in life. You can consider volunteering for a company. Uh, the United Way mission continues, um, you know, the USO, uh, just to meet different people, right? That's first and foremost. I think second uh, to that is finding the industry um, that you want to work in. Um, if you, you know, if you want to be um, a facility manager or uh, an operations manager, again, define yourself first by looking and say, okay, um, do I like working with people? You know, can I handle, you know, helping people um, find deliverables and, you know, in their day-to-day tasks? Can I go in and um, set up a process for a company, a process that's broken? So it's finding those industry-specific things that you want to do. And once you do that, find a mentor in that industry because that mentor, what they, what they should do is sit you down um, and say, okay, here's what I do at my company, right? Um, is this something that aligns with who you are and what you want to do? And if so, then they can help you navigate, um, especially here in San Antonio. We're fortunate and blessed because it's Mill City, USA, and it seems like every other person is either a retiree, a veteran, or a spouse, <laughs> right? So people are always willing to, you know, to bring you into the fold and mentor you and show you what a, a proper resume should look like. So, um, again, it's the mentorship piece and we are fortunate and blessed to have so many meetup groups and so many different, um, connection resources to point you to the company that, you know, may be attractive to you. Right. So, uh, what's the timeline for transitioning? I mean, I- I guess I, I just kind of want to see if you can kind of confirm the number that that we've heard uh, from some other people, especially since, you know, your main focus is uh, working on the transition process. Have you, have you found that uh, typically 18 months prior to uh, exiting the military is when you should start the transition process? Or is it longer than that, shorter than that? Um. You know, that's a, that's a great question, Trey. What I found is that um, anywhere from 12 months, 6 to 12 months is probably that sweet spot. Um, and it's, it's based on your job. It's based on your command. It's based on your support system as you're transitioning out. So there's no one transition that's the same. Um, nothing is really cookie cutter because I ran into folks who um, – they were separating or retiring within two months and they were able to get their dream job, you know, but I've also ran into folks who have been working their magic for, you know, 24 months and they were able to get their dream job. So I think it's up to the individual, you know, um, I would recommend, uh, you know, eight to 12 months at that point, that's when you should really 
uh, know what you want to do, um, or at least try to start thinking about yeah. it. Um, because the transition is fluid. Um, you know, statistically, I believe the average person or retiree or person who separates from the military, they will go through three to five jobs before, um, before they land the position that really, really speaks to them and that they're comfortable with. And, you know, I can attest to that because, um, recently, um, I, I resigned from the USO, um, and I started working for a company, um, called LCS facility group to where I'm the senior operations manager. Um, so within three years I've had, you know, a few jobs, but it took me that long to transition fully in my mind, right. um, that, Hey, this is what I'm good with or at, and this is what I want to do. This is where I can foresee myself, um, helping a company, um, especially if there's a need and they have, a you know, a gap, um, in a position, uh, you have to really understand how you can fulfill that need and they have to buy in that you are that person for that job. Yeah. And, you know, spending, spend that extra time helping other people with their transition might've actually in turn helped you with yours as well. <laughs> it was very therapeutic. Um, it allowed me to, to transition. Um, I've, ho- I've housed homeless veterans and I've helped, you know, veterans and spouses get jobs as well. So, um, it was a calling, but uh, I'm a person of belief in that, you know, God places you where he wants you. And I definitely think God placed me at the USO in the Pathfinder program for a reason. And, um, you know, here I am today. Yep. And, uh, you know, you talked about helping people get jobs and how, uh, coming up soon, you know, you're going to be having this, uh, group where you, you know, you talk about your resumes, uh, you know, how resumes should look and everything. I think one of the common things that I, you know, that I've heard from people, um, and what was one of the reasons for starting this podcast was that it can be hard to, you know, translate that military experience over to a way that can actually be understood, uh, for people like myself who don't have the military experience and have just been on the civilian side, um, you know, do you have some insight that you can give as to how you should look at your, you know, military experience and how you should sort of reframe it uh, on your resume and while, you know, going through the hiring process so that it's uh, a little more uh, translatable? Yeah, um, there's several resources that are out there that can assist with that, whether it's uh, Hire Heroes USA, uh, helping you uh, get your first resume done. Or uh, companies like, uh, or websites like uh, PeerPost, um, which can take your MOS or your uh, AFSC um, and translate that into uh, civilian bullet terms to where you can just um, put in, you know, um, my AFSC was uh, 2S071, and that translates to logistics and it can pull out bullets. Um, to actually help you with your resume so that it makes it a lot easier. So it's, again, it's getting involved first and foremost with uh, programs that are out there to help you if you're transitioning and listening and, you know, and at times eating a little humble pie because <laughs> the transition doesn't escape, you know, a Fulberg colonel or a E1 uh, who's enlisted, right? We all go through the same emotions and the same anxieties. Right. And, you know, have the same fears. But at the end of the day, if you rely on the resources, 
uh, that are out there. Um, if you reach out and just ask for help, um, the transition tribe is what I like to call it. They will reach out to you to help you. Um, you know, case in point, um, I believe it was Sunday, a young lady who's in uh, Full Walton Beach had reached out saying, hey, you know, I'm transitioning out. I need some help with my resume. And this was a post that she put on LinkedIn. And, you know, maybe four or five of us reached out to her and, you know, gave her some resources and gave her some tools so that, one, now she's got the mentorship. And two, now she's got the resources to be successful. Right. So could you uh, just repeat again the... uh the resource where it will actually pull uh, some bullet points from, you know, uh, your rank, your role, and how that translates to the civilian? Yeah, sure. Um, if you go to Hire Heroes USA, um, just type that into Google search or PurePost, P-U-R-E-P-O-S-T dot C-O, um, and go to their website and just, you know, kind of browse around and uh, insert your AFSC or your MOS, uh, and it'll do its thing. And, you know, at the, at the minimum, all you have to do is, you know, maybe adjust some numbers or some percentages here or there based on your situation, right. but it will give you a basic start. Um, there's also, uh, uh, vet tech business solutions. Uh, my good friend, Franchetta Dyer, um, you know, um, Centurion Military Alliance, uh, CMA with Shante Meyer. Um, in her seminar, she has a, you know, a segment to where um, she'll have uh, community partners come out and help you with your, re- re- with your resume on site. And there's Military Transition Network to where you can go out and meet industry folks and, you know, some of the influencers, you know, who's ran by, that's ran by Cedric Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so there's multiple resources out there um, you just have to go meet new people, get out of your comfort zone and allow the system to work itself. Right. Well, yeah, you know, those are definitely some great resources and great tips that you've given. I don't, uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, wrap up with our last question here. And it's the same one that I ask everyone, uh, before we go ahead and end the show. But how do you personally define success? Success is ongoing. I believe it's um, it's not about money. It's not about uh, the resources. I think it's about the people that you surround yourself with and the fulfillment you get out of life every day, whether that's at your church, whether that's uh, helping a veteran, whether that's helping a homeless person, or whether that's you know partnering with an organization uh, like the Through Project, which uh, helps uh, foster kids uh, once they've aged out of the traditional program. So um, that's how I define my success. Um, the Air Force provided me, you know, 25 great years, several different careers, going overseas, um, a wife, three kids, a degree, my wife's degree. So that's how I define success. Um, it's not about the money. It's about the people that I get to help and uh, work with alongside every day to include, uh, most importantly, my family. Awesome. Well, I hope that you keep finding that success every day like you have been. Well, thank you, Trey. Thank you. Absolutely. And Quincy, thanks for taking the time and sharing all your story and experience with us. You're welcome, Trey, and uh, enjoy your day. And for my Air Force Force folks out there, aim high. (laughs) Aim high. 
Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast service, and be sure to check out all of our other episodes at militarytransitionstories.com. I'm your host, Trey Tatro, and if you or someone you know are moving in the Northern Virginia area, I'd be happy to help you find your new home. If you live in another part of the country but need the assistance of a professional realtor, I'd be happy to connect you with someone from my extensive network of military relocation certified realtors. Thanks for listening.